Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you from Northeast Pennsylvania, it's the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast with Nick Hart, the best place to break the ice with your favorite players. Today's guest, Penguins forward, Nathan Legaray. Fantasy football analyst, Matthew Berry. Plus all new Penn's Picks, the 12 gifts of Christmas, and a question from the previous episode's guest. So let's get to it. Without further ado, let's hear it for number one Brandy Carlisle superfan, Nick Hart. Is that you, Santa Claus? Thank you, thank you, and thank you. Oh, folks, welcome to another episode of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. I am your host, Nick Hart. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the podcast. We got a dandy on our hands here. I don't want to say it's necessarily a holiday-themed version of our show, but we're going to dibble and dabble a little bit in some uh, holiday festive cheer and some of the conversations that we have here on this episode. Our first guest today, Penguins forward Nathan Legare, joining me on the podcast. Yes, absolutely. You should be excited for this one. He's a great young man, a funny guy, and starting to pick up some steam here with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins as well. Furthermore, in the building today, we have fantasy football analyst Matthew Barry joining me on the podcast. You uh, fantasy football enthusiasts out there, you know, I know playoffs are it's about that time of year, and you might think, oh, my team's already set at this point. Uh, no, Matthew Barry will explain to all of you out there all of the waiver wire pickups, all of the necessary sits and starts here to make sure that you can and will win your fantasy league this season. So those of you who are fantasy football fans, I'm sure you're going to be geeked for this one. But he's a pretty funny character, too. So even if you're not into the fantasy sports, I'm sure you'll still enjoy our conversation with Matthew Barry. I should also point out, folks, that because the holiday break is approaching soon that we are going to be taking a little bit of a brief hiatus from the podcast oh okay now hang on hang on we do this we do this every year just to give uh, the players a little bit of a break uh, around the holiday especially because the schedule gets busy around this time we got the trip to Canada we have the holiday itself a little holiday break there where the team's not going to be playing on the 24th 25th or the 26th then Two home games coming out of the break. Then, of course, you have New Year's, New Year's Eve, where the team is going to be busy around that time, too. So we're just taking a little teeny tiny break. Our plan is to bring you another episode on January 12th. So that's what I mean by a little bit of a brief hiatus on the podcast. But with a long break upcoming for us on the show, we got to make sure we make today's count. So with that little lineup lined up for us we will now go to our first guest on today's edition of the wilkes granted penguins podcast ladies and gentlemen today hopping on the mic with me putting the cans on is penguins forward nathan legerate nathan thank you so much for taking the time to join us you're welcome thanks for having me well here's the thing on the penguins podcast i gotta warn you right now this is where we ask the hard-hitting questions the difficult questions you're not getting off easy pal Perfect. okay sounds good i'm not I'm not a shy person. So you're you're not shy? Fun. You're not scared? Well, let me ask you the hard question first. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. You? 
I'm great. Yeah. I'm great. The the team's humming right now. We got the the holidays coming up. I keep procrastinating all my shopping, so as long as I keep that out of the back of my mind, I don't have to get stressed about it at all or anything like that. Trip to Canada coming up. It's going to be a Pretty exciting, at least as far as I'm concerned. Do you have any uh, holiday plans coming up when we have that little break after the trip? Yeah, uh, actually, I think uh, French guys are pretty lucky because we're playing in Laval on yes, the uh, we are. 23rd. So I think we're just going to stay home, and uh, we're pretty lucky for that. And, uh, yeah, I got a little, uh, little dinner with my friends uh, after the game on the 23rd. The next day, um, all my family is coming home, so it's going to be a... It's going to be fun, and after that, on the 25th, I'll go to my girlfriend uh, party, so uh, on, on the side of my girlfriend. So should be a pretty busy uh, holiday, but I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be worth it. You got, like, the whole weekend already mapped out. You're you're a man with a plan. Yeah, exactly. Last year, uh, <laughs> I wasn't able to go home because of COVID, so yeah. uh, it was hard to uh, didn't see family, and especially on holidays, but... Uh, yeah, this year I hope uh, everything's going to be fine and uh, will be a will be a fun time back home. You mentioned going out to you know get some dinner after the game with your buddies on that game on the twenty third in Laval, and we're going to dive into this a little bit more about that that uh, game in Laval. But man, oh man, I'll tell you what, Montreal's a fantastic city, not for just the nightlife, but even meals. I didn't realize that Montreal is one of those cities where you can trip and fall into an unbelievable restaurant. I imagine you guys, did you guys have to get like reservations like a month in advance or something? Are you going to some like swanky, fancy, awesome place? No, actually, I think me and my buddies are more like, uh, we're probably going to go to uh, one of our buddies' house because, uh, oh. yeah, maybe keep it simple, but uh, especially because uh, I got my best friend Lafreniere from uh, New York Rangers going to yep. be there also. He's back from New York, so uh, it's kind of hard to go out in Montreal with him because uh, <laughs> He's getting noticed a couple of times, so we're probably just going to go to one of our friend's house and uh, order some pizza and uh, have, a, have a couple of glass of water, you know. And uh, <laughs> Yes, some sparkling water maybe. Yeah, exactly. Maybe some meal a little bit in there, but uh, yeah, it should be fun and uh, should be pretty relaxed, but uh, it's going to be fun to see our friend. Uh, even though it's only one night, it's going to be just fun to see them. Hey, one night is better than no night. It's always nice to have those little... Uh, Old friend reunions, uh, especially at the holiday season. How long have you known uh, Alexi Lafreniere? Oh, we've been friends from, uh, I'll say, like eight years old. Uh, so that's a throwback. Yeah, exactly. It was uh, We were playing against each other when we were young, and then uh, I moved from uh, from town to another, and it was uh, in Sedestash where I grew up. So uh, we uh, were living, uh, we're pretty much neighbors. Like, uh, he was... Uh, one street away from uh, from my house, so we spend uh, all times together playing uh, outdoor uh, hockey in the street together, playing <laughs> basketball. Uh, it was uh, it was fun time, and uh, we still uh, we still spend a lot of time during summer together. So uh, so yeah, it's fun. So you said you you moved at one point growing up. What part of Quebec are you actually from? Uh, I started uh, in uh, Point Calumet. Uh, I don't know if you know the beach club. Explain the geography a little bit to me, because basically the only point of reference I have are like Laval, Montreal, and Quebec City. That's it. It's uh, it's a little bit north from uh, from Montreal. Okay. So uh, yeah, it's uh, around like Point Calumet. It's around thirty minutes from uh, from Montreal, and uh, people know Point Calumet because of the beach club. Okay. Like uh, it's kind of a. A beach party place that uh, big DJ are going there. Party place. Yeah, like David Guetta is going there. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's really big in uh, in Montreal. I, I think people know Beach Club 
like it's kind of pretty big it's one of the top outdoor bar in the world so okay it's not too bad and then i think i move around like uh 11 or 12 years old okay i moved to uh uh saint Eustache. it's a little closer right. from laval and uh montreal my dad's grow grow up there so uh it was i was still close from all my friends and uh i still go there during the summer and uh my parents are still there so it's a couple of good memories there plenty of good memories and that sort of allows me to transition into this question how much are you looking forward to this game in Laval? Because I think we talk about it sometimes, especially with, you know, the number of French guys that we've had on the team the, the past two seasons. Just like, you know, this is this is a big game for these guys. They're excited for this. But I don't think people really realize how much pride there is uh, amongst Quebecers and to get back in Montreal or Laval area. How much are you looking forward to this game right before the holiday break? Yeah, I think it's going to be incredible, uh, especially because we're going there only once a year. Yeah. So uh, I think it makes it even more uh, special for us. Uh, I'm thinking about like uh, Hoodie, uh, X, yeah. me. So it's going to be a little bit less French than last year, but uh, <laughs> I think it's going to be still special. That's going to be good for us because we're going to able to take more tickets for our family. And uh, so, yeah, that's good. I think uh, just to play in front of our families and friends, uh, like I said, uh, I think we got plans after after the game, but yep. we we still got a big game against Laval, and just uh, just to see family in the stands, uh, the fact that we're playing in the United States, it's kind of kind of hard for our family to come to see us uh, play at a pro level. Like when I was back in junior, a uh, couple game couple games were close from home, like uh, Quebec City or uh, Drummondville or games like that. So my right. parents were pretty much at all games on the road. But the fact that uh, with the borders and uh, all stuff like that, it's kind of yeah. hard to to come uh, to come here for for them because it's a little bit longer uh, road trips. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be special, and uh, I look forward for that. And uh, also playing in Canada, it's always fun. We got two big games. Uh, first, we start off in Toronto and then Belleville. So uh, my mom's and my girlfriend uh, it's gonna come to those games. So it's gonna oh, be nice. fun. Uh, going to be fun to uh, to see them there too. So they're going to be pulling off the the Penguins Canadian road trip triple crown there, Toronto, Belleville and then I assume the Laval game as well. As yeah. long as you can fit them into that ticket request, right? Yeah, exactly. I think uh <laughs> they're going to make the cut. Yeah, it, uh I'll ask for a couple tickets on the road, but uh I think it's going to be a little bit of uh money on the board for me, but uh, oh yeah, should be fine. Uh, I think we we just get a Windows game and uh it's going to be a fun time. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the game that we had in Laval last year, how we didn't win that game. I, I thought for sure with, one, the number of uh, French-Canadian guys we had on the team, two, the number of friends and family that were in the uh, stands, you had the entire Felix Robert section. I feel like the entire like city of Lambton hopped on a bus and took up an entire section. I was like, we're scoring five goals in the first minute of this game. There's no way we're going to lose. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that that one ended up as an L on the record because that was a that was a fun game. Yeah, yeah, it was very fun. I think uh, especially the starting five, we were all. Oh, that's uh, right. Did, yeah. Who was who lined up as a defenseman? Uh, I think it was uh, Chap. Uh, Chappy think, lined yeah. up as a D man. He was the D man, and we almost scored that shift. I know. We were uh, we were pretty. Uh, I think we we did pretty good as a uh, as a unit of five to just uh, play a pretty good first shift, and uh, I think Pooley had a pretty good chance there yeah. with uh, a good shot. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it was fun to see uh, just uh, Chappie at D, and uh, before the face off, he just told told us like 
guys, just put it deep. I don't <laughs> want to skate backward. Yeah. <laughs> like, Win the face-off, put yeah. it deep. Yeah, exactly. I think it was uh, it was special. And, uh, yeah, like you said, it's going to be a fun time. And uh, look forward for, for that game. Who were the five? So, Chappie on D, you, Pooley, Felix. And P.O. And P.O., yeah. of course. And Louis in the net. So, and we were six Frenchies. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, it was fun. Also with uh, Louis uh, in the back of the net. So And the and the I imagine the locker room was just buzzing. Oh. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, also, one thing is nice is uh, we could speak French on the ice. So it was, uh, instead of speaking in English, uh, sometimes we, a little easier for us to speak in French. So yeah. I think I remember after the first scrum, like I said, Chappie was like, you guys just got to put it there. And it was all in French. So it was kind of funny to be uh, out there all together. And uh, yeah, it's good memories. Did you did you grow up a Habs fan? Yeah, uh, big Habs fans. It was uh, I was going every once a year with my dad uh, to the Habs game. Yeah, it was kind of uh, our thing every year. We we're going there, but I was also a big fan of uh, the Penguins actually. Cause oh really? Yeah, they were uh, they were always pretty good, and also my first favorite player growing up was Sidney Crosby. So I always kind of look at the Penguins. Yeah. Well, if you grew up a Penguins fan and Sidney Crosby fan. I'm sure there's you've heard the legendary stories of him ripping shots in his basement on the the dryer machine, and that's how he would always practice ripping shots into the dryer machine in his basement. You have been picking up steam lately for the Penguins, scoring uh, three goals in your last four games. Furthermore, we know you got that big heavy shot that you like to unleash from anywhere in the offensive zone. So were you? Taking shots at the dryer machine growing up, were you one of those kids that would go or maybe shoot on the garage door a thousand pucks a night, two thousand pucks a night? What was your? Uh, how did this uh, missile end up being developed by Nathan Legere? Where does that come from? I think we all saw that video on uh, on YouTube about uh, Crosby taking shots, but uh, yeah, I was uh, I was actually taking shot with my grandfather in the backyard. So okay, uh, yeah, it was good memories. That that was always a thing since I grew up. I always had a pretty good shot. I think. Especially uh, when I was younger, sometimes I was shooting from the red line and it ended up in the net because goalies were. The goalies scared. had no idea. He was probably staring off at something else yeah. he saw. Yeah, it was. Uh, no, I always worked on my shot. Uh, I remember uh, after my first year in junior, I was not happy about my my first year, so I started to uh, to take some more shot in my backyard, and uh, I think the next year I had the best uh, season of my life. So. Uh, that's a thing that I try to do every summer to to have a couple shots, uh, even though it's still pretty good. Yeah, I try to get better every day and uh, try to shoot uh, as hard as I can uh, every time. You went back to basics, yeah. back to the backyard. Yeah. Was it like a paved backyard, like you were shooting on concrete, or did you guys put down like uh, plexiglass or something? What yeah. was what was, was the setup? It was a small like uh, plexiglass thing. My my dad's working in construction, so oh okay, he bring me that from. Uh, sometimes he, he was working on like a big field, like I don't know how to say it in English, but like uh, he was just picking up like plexiglass and I put it out there, and uh, it was uh, it was good to just uh, shoot, and uh, sometimes I. I remember my net was in front of the garage door, and uh, sometimes I was missing the net, and I hit the garage door, with, like making some big, big uh, scratch on my dad's, <laughs> some, uh, some dents, yeah, some on scuffs. the door, and he he wasn't really happy, but I think it it was worth it. Hey, all the more incentive to hit the net, right? Yeah, that'll teach you not to miss the net, as as if dad's gonna come and yell at you for ruining the garage door afterwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sometimes the <laughs> uh, garage door was open, so I was shooting like, and if I was missing the net, I was 
crushing something <laughs> in the in the garage, and uh, I was hoping it was it wasn't something uh, really expensive. Some, yeah, exactly. Ho- hopefully, you were just breaking apart a, a rake or something, destroying some lawn care equipment, and nothing like heavy duty. No, exactly. I, <laughs> I was. Uh, I was shooting as hard as I can, but sometimes I was holding my shot a little bit because I didn't want to break everything in the garage. Did you do any other sports growing up, or were you always hockey, hockey, hockey? No, I actually I was playing uh, when I was really young. I was playing soccer, but then I was uh, my dad is actually a pretty good softball player. Okay. So uh, and uh, my uncle too. I played for a team Canada, so it was always like playing baseball. Wait, what? Yeah, my uncle played for. He was the captain for Team Canada in uh, slow pitch. Yeah, really? Slow pitch, yeah. And uh, slow pitch is actually a thing that uh, I do during summer. Like uh, you go, you join a league or something, and yeah, just play join in the a summer. League, play tournaments. Uh, yeah, it's it's still my passion. I play during summer. It's kind of don't think too much about hockey. Uh, I grew up playing baseball, but then uh, I had to make a choice between hockey or baseball because uh, I was playing at a good level at baseball and it was mm-hmm. getting too much during uh during the summer and i choose uh hockey and then i switched for tennis i played tennis a little bit i was playing in the league uh i was playing in the league for tennis and uh that was only one summer but it was <laughs> it was actually pretty fun and then after that i think i was 15 so it was kind of my draft year so then that's well, when was, you, yeah uh, okay i was more focused on hockey during summer like training and uh, stuff like that but uh the last two years i start playing slow pitch again so it's fine i just play with my dad uh and now uh, i got a couple of buddies uh, actually alex Stefanier is also a pretty good player so at we, softball yeah yeah at uh yeah softball so it's fun we uh i'm usually the captain i try to make the teams mm-hmm. so uh i usually put myself uh, in a good lineup of hitting you know <laughs> but uh no, just kidding uh yeah it's fun it Every weekend, just go out there, spend the spend the weekend outside, uh, play softball, and it's pretty much uh, my summer. I think hockey players always talk about golf. A lot of guys like golf, and I know your roommate Sam Hood is a big time golfer. But I don't think people realize that softball is actually a pretty popular off season recreational activity for a lot of players. Yeah, I think for me, it's more golf during the week. Yeah, like after a training. I go play golf uh, in the afternoon, like a good four hours, so I got pretty much nothing to do. I just go play golf, and then uh, I got off on weekends, so on Saturday and Sunday, I just find a tournaments, or sometimes uh, people ask me to play in the league during the week, so I'm in between like softball and golf at the same time, so it's kind of hard because it's not the same swing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like, it's totally close, different. but it's totally different yeah. so sometimes when i play too much softball my golf game is pretty bad but then when i play a good golf my softball game, game yeah yeah it's my softball game is actually getting a little worse but <laughs> uh i know if i have like um a tournament's coming uh with softball i kind of don't play golf a lot during the week because i i want my swing to be on point on the point weekend, so the, yeah it's i like to to win and uh Sometimes I kind of put myself like in in tough situation because I want to win, but at the same time I, I don't want to get injured with right. stupid stuff. Like obviously, don't want to slide into home plate. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Like, and blow out your knee or something. Yeah, and sometimes I, I don't slide and I just stay high, and people are getting pissed because I don't slide. But I, 
and they're like, well, I'm going to hit you. I'm like, well, that's my, that's good, my job. Good luck, pal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like stand up and uh, I'll hit you too. <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's fun times. Yeah. Well, that's actually interesting because I didn't know that about you. I didn't know you had the uh, softball in your blood. I didn't know you played a little bit of tennis. I knew, I mean, like most guys, they dabble in golf. But that provides you with a very, very interesting perspective for our going. next segment yeah. here. What we always do, Leggy, is we have our previous episode's guest leave a blind question for the next episode's guest. They don't know who they're asking it to, but they're allowed to ask about anything they want. Well, considering who our previous episode's guest was, he's a little bit of a chatterbox, I hear that the question that he left me has already made its rounds in the locker room, and yes. most people have already interjected on it. So you're nodding your head. You already know what's coming. But for our listeners out there, the question that was left for you, Nathan, was if you had 24 hours, a full day, to participate in golf, tennis, and baseball, what do you think you would accomplish first? Hitting a hole-in-one in golf, getting a base hit, off of a major league pitcher or getting a point, any kind of point in a tennis match against a professional tennis player. What do you think you would accomplish first? So if we assume we started the clock at the same exact time, and so for the golf example, I was told, you know, it's a standard length and you can tee off from the exact same spot every time and you can just swing as many times as you want it's not how many swings would it take you, just how long would it take you to get the ball in the hole on one stroke. Same thing with tennis. The rule was, there were a lot of rules with this, yeah. you cannot get the point on a double fault. So the person serving it to you can't double fault and then you get the point. No, that doesn't count. You need to actually make a play on the ball in order to earn the point. Same thing with the major league pitcher. Hit by pitch doesn't count. An error doesn't count. A walk doesn't count. You have to get a base hit. What do you think you would accomplish first, Nathan Licaray? Yeah, I've heard that question before, but I think I think the golf one is the hardest one. First. The hardest would the be hardest getting one. a hole in one. Yes. Okay. Because obviously I will get frustrated because sometimes <laughs> I get pretty frustrated at golf, so I'll put this one on the side. But then after that, I, I kind of hesitate between baseball and tennis because obviously I play both. Yeah. That was I was arguing like which one I'm better. I think it's baseball, but at the same time, like I remember Jules was saying that the pitcher is trying to strike you out. Yeah, so, he's not, he's yeah. not doing it for charity. This is no, not exactly. a make a wish. It's not like always a fast pitch. At what point you're gonna yeah. get like off speed? It. He's gonna throw no. you curveball sinkers. He's gonna throw you whatever tools he has. And we're not saying it's Clayton Kershaw, but it is a major league caliber pitcher. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and I, same thing on the other side. It's a professional tennis player who's trying to, to smoke Rogers you. I went to the Rogers Cup this summer in Montreal, the yeah. tennis tournament in Montreal, and I think, yeah, I think I'll get a point at tennis first because it's like baseball. It's kind of hard because there's so many pitch. Yeah. But then at the same time, tennis they got so many serve. But like at one point, I think like you're gonna get used to it. Like if you play deep, like if you play deep, the ball is coming fast. But like different yeah and my, you can just put the racket in front of it. it might just end it up like 
a really good shot. But the baseball, ch- it's hard. The chance to get lucky in tennis, I think, is higher than the other two. Yeah, exactly. And this is not to knock the ability of the pros that play tennis, but as long as you can find a way to put that ball back and play on the other side, the opportunity for the other person to screw up is way higher than in the other ones. He yeah. could put it back into the net. He could put it out of play, try and smoke you out, get too cocky, and then ends up putting it across the line, and you end up with the point because they screwed up. Yeah, That, I think, makes it more likely that it's tennis. I know myself personally, you could give me a full week against a major league pitcher. I'm not getting a base hit. I'm not going to. If I foul tip the ball, I'm considering that a win. Depends. The yeah. slightest bit I of con- I'm fa- not doing it. I you can't. were asking the fast pitch the other day. How many fast pitch you think you could? That was you, right? No, that was not me. No? No. Somebody was asking, like, how many pitch if it's always like a fastball? If it's always the same, how many times would it take you? Yeah. I think it wouldn't, wouldn't take me that long, personally. I, speaking from experience, this past summer, my buddy had a uh, bachelor party in Chicago was a grand old time, and there was a bar in downtown Chicago where we were staying that had batting cages inside the bar. And my buddy was a huge baseball fan. Like, his friends already knew, like, hey, we're going there. He'll, he doesn't know that's there, but he'll have a great time. So he was in the batting cages, but everyone else was going up there, and there were, like, three settings. And there was, like, they had uh, soft, medium, and pro. And everyone was taking soft. And I walked in there all cocky. I was like, why are you guys doing soft? Why are you guys doing soft? And I just hit medium. I didn't hit pro or whatever. Did not touch the ball. Yeah. Did not touch the ball. And they were all like trying to make me feel better. Like, oh, it was, it was a great swing, though. You got a great swing. I was like, shut up. I did not come close to making contact with any of those balls. I did it twice. Because the first time I was like, the machine got lucky. No, I got roasted. Yeah. We got a place uh, back home. It's called uh, Couser. And it's uh, like I, I usually go there to practice like uh my softball uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. swing and stuff but uh they got like yeah also like fast pitch cage there yeah 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 for like so, yeah, yeah and sometimes me and my buddies are just going there and swinging for fun and we just like just go out there and we got nothing to lose so but it's always like at the same same spot and same speed pretty so consistent at some, yeah some point you're going to hit it and you hit it pretty good cuz you just put the bat in front and it just go as hard as it came you know Yeah, I think tennis, it's, it depends because I went to see like uh, a pretty good game. Actually, it was Medvedev against uh, Kyrgios. That's exceptional. And, yeah. Yeah. And Kyrgios serve is just, it's not the hardest, but it's, it's pretty hard actually. Yeah. But like he's putting so much spin on his ball. That yeah. It's, it's like kinda, sneaky. Yeah, exactly. You just put your racket in front and it's just going to go in the stands. Like, yeah. It just sprays. Yeah. So. It's fascinating. That's I I question. love watching tennis. Yeah, it's yeah, it's fun. It's one of those. I don't want to say I forget about it, but because it's like a seasonal sport and like the uh, Grand Slam is only like four different events that you pay yeah. attention to during the year. Wimbledon, obviously, being the biggest, it just kind of slips out of your mind until like let's say it's Wimbledon and you're like down to like the final. 16 people or something i'm glued to the tv i yeah, love sometimes it. it's too long though i went to uh like i said to the tournaments and it was only like uh best of three yeah like for sets mm-hmm. and i think that was enough right where it needed to be yeah exactly and sometimes the uh one of the games was uh Alca- alcaraz against um american guy What what's his name i don't know it I was a know. really long game but like first set went like 
to the end of it. Same with the second set, and it was like a, a three hours game. And at some point, I was like, okay, it's getting long. Like, imagine five sets. Five. It, it's just, especially outside, like sometimes it's just too hot. So, yeah, but it was uh, it was a good time. What's the uh, the movie Seven Days in Hell or something like that about the tennis game that never ended? I think that's what it is. I'm looking it up right now because we have the technology. Um, Andy Samberg and Kit Harrington, two professional tennis players who face off in what becomes the longest match in history. And it goes on for like, because they never get like match point. How long was it? Oh, it's it's fake. They oh, they made it up, but like that's the whole idea is oh, that like it just it just never ends, and they're just laying down after every serve. Well, I think the longest one is like five or six hours. That's that's a long. That's an obscene amount of time. And like you said too, like if it's hot outside, yeah, you're toast. No, exactly. I think guys are just changing clothes between the between points, and like they got three t-shirts and. It's crazy. Longest tennis match, Wimbledon, lasted 11 hours, 5 minutes. John Eisner and uh, Nicholas Mahut. Mahut? Ooh, don't know how to say his name. But I remember this happening in 2010. 11 hours? 11 hours. It just never ended. Did they have like a timeout between the sets? or? I don't know. Probably. Well, usually it's like f- probably because it was a grand slam. It was 5 minutes oh. or it's- <laughs> Here's here's the scorecard. This is unbelievable. Uh Isner won uh 6-4, 3-6, 6-7, 7-6, 70-68. That's crazy. That's the final frame. 70-68. That's so long. Uh okay, they played four sets on the day but it was halted due to lack of light. They returned the following day and began the That's fifth why. set. Yeah. Uh, holding serves until play was suspended again due to no natural light, meaning they had to go to a third day. So the match itself lasted 11 hours, but it actually took place over three different days. That's crazy. That's how you get ready for death. There is no preparation for that, especially like you you probably thought like, okay, I'm going to have to battle against this guy. It's going to be a tough match today or whatever. And then it's like, oh, it's got to roll over to the next day. And then when it rolls over to the third day, you're probably thinking – what a what do I have to do to actually win? Two, what am I going to have left in the tank if I actually get past this guy? Three, I hope I don't do something stupid and lose it like a minute into the third day. Like we show up to the arena and I lose right away. Yeah, because I did something uh, stupid. When I watched uh, Shapovalov against one of the other guys, it got like uh, at the end of the match, the other guy was winning and uh, it started raining, so they uh, postponed the game the yeah. next morning. He came at like at the stadium for five minutes, and then he got kicked out. So the guy, he was like losing, and then postponed the next morning. So he was he sleep all night, and he yep. was thinking like, okay, I'm like pretty close to lose, but something can happen. Hey, maybe I then, can get back into it. I can pull. Yeah, up the, exactly. Here's how I do it. I have to do this, 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 and this, and I'll get right back into it. Five, five minutes, minutes later, later you're hit out. the showers. So you get ready for like five minutes. That's, I think that's the hardest thing. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough, but you think you think the tennis point is most likely for you? Yeah, I'm hesitating between tennis or baseball, but I think nobody stands a chance at baseball unless they are someone who played baseball for a long time and was skilled at it. And yeah. I come to find out here during this conversation that you're not too shabby. Yeah, so that makes it a little bit closer. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's yeah, pretty much tennis. I'll say tennis. Yeah. And you're throwing golf right out the window. No chance. Hole in one. 
Yeah, it depends. Depends where I play. <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends on where you play, but also like depends there's the so much luck. Too. Yeah. He didn't give a specific distance. He just said like a regular hole. But even like if you put like 120, still like like 100 yards, it's still like pretty hard. That's extremely hard. Well, yeah, but I think you yeah, you get like used to your club, so maybe but it's still like there's so many like Let's say outside the weather, like the wind, you got to uh -huh. be lucky too. Here's something I don't think we considered either is the conditions when you're, as you continue to fail. Yeah. Okay. In golf, if you just keep swinging for an entire day, your hands are going to start killing you, killing you. I think baseball's worse. You think, but are you making contact with the ball? Doesn't like, matter. You think even like if you're just swinging and missing for like three hours? I could go for, let's say I go to the driving range for uh -huh. golf, yeah. and I, hit, I can hit, like, two big, like... Buckets of balls? Yeah, exactly. My hands are fine. But if I go, like, practice softball or baseball or whatever, my hands are killing me after, like, one bucket. Okay. Because of the grip. Yeah. It depends where you put your... Like, let's say your golf, your shaft is, like, you don't, like... It's just in the middle yeah. of everything. But baseball, like... You can almost see. I still got a scar from that because okay. I put my 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 bat like the right knob there. of the bat right yeah, in the middle. It depends how you you fit in. How are but you supposed to do it? It depends. It depends how you go. Like let's say I go. Sometimes I I put my bat like in the middle of my hands. Yeah. Like my dad is pretty much the same thing. I got friends that are just like they cut they cut their bat a little bit more. Like it depends how you feel. It's pretty much the same with golf. But I think with your gloves and your grip, it's it's you, not as bad, you know. There's think. not really like big uh, friction, mm -hmm. but I think with softball or baseball or whatever, I think there's bigger friction with your with your hand and higher impact too. Yeah, I didn't. I never really thought about where the knob of the bat goes because you're kind of like the way you're pointing to your hand. It's kind of like hockey, like how the knob yeah. of your stick just kind of goes in the palm of your hand. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. It depends how you like. Sometimes you gotta snap your, yeah. your wrist at the end. Yeah. So it makes it more easier with. With the snap, yeah, yeah exactly. if you got it in there instead of coming out the end, yeah. you don't get that wrist snap. Huh, interesting. Yeah. I'm still going with tennis, but yeah, that's yeah, it's that's how we feel about that. Yeah. We'll we'll put that one to bed before we go into more sports mechanics that don't necessarily translate to an audio medium here. But that was the question. You had a little chance to to think about it ahead of time. You were in a unique position yeah. to be a little bit prepared for the question ahead of time. You are likely ill-prepared for what I'm about to throw at you next, Nathan. Perfect. Because one of the new segments that we've introduced on the podcast this year is something called semantics. And because the holiday season is coming up here, me and a couple people in the front office, we were racking our brains as to like, hey, could we do like some sort of holiday Christmas-themed version of semantics? And what we ended up going through on the long and winding road is not necessarily... An edition of Semantics, so those of you who are Semantics fans out there, sorry, you'll have to wait until the next episode. But instead, we got into this whole thing about the 12 days of Christmas. Are you familiar with this Not really. old, old song? On the first day of Christmas, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, right? Bit, yeah. And they go through all the gifts. These gifts are nonsense. They're ridiculous. So, and because you're kind of like, ah, I think I know what you're talking about, we're going to go through... The 12 gifts on the 12 days of Christmas. Okay. And you have to tell me, Nathan, if A, you know what that is, and B, if you even want it. 
That's interesting. Interesting. Okay, because I'll I'll reserve judgment on some of these gifts as we go along. I'll tell you how I feel, but we're here for you. You're the guest, Thank and you. we'll get to our other guest. Don't be too hard on me. I'm French. So yeah, I, I, I won't be too hard be on hard. you. Well, that's the thing, too. Even for native English speakers, I'm sure there's some where people are going to be like, I do not know what that is. Because quick Google search told us that this song was written in, like, 1780. Like, it is an old, old, old song that has gone through different evolutions as to, to what it becomes now. But here we go, Perfect. Nathan. 12 Days of Christmas. It's the first gift that my true love sent to me, is a partridge in a pear tree. A partridge in a pear tree. Do you know what a partridge is? No. A partridge is a bird. Oh. It looks like a, here, here I'll turn my computer around here so you can see. It's, it's this guy right here. He looks like a, like a puffin, but they shrunk his head down and then expanded his body. Looks a partridge like a, yeah. in a pear tree. A tree of pears. For Christmas this year, Nathan, would you like to receive a partridge in a pear tree? No, I'm a hunter, so I'll probably put it out there and try to hunt it. Yeah, no. But no, I think, no. I mean, that's kind of a two-for-one gift, if you think about it. A partridge in a pear tree. You yeah. get the pear tree and the partridge. Yeah, I might put it in my backyard and try to, like, put it out there and <laughs> go for Yeah, exactly. But no, no. I think it's a no for the first one. No for the first gift. Okay. On the second day of Christmas, my true love sent to me two turtle doves. A turtle doves? What's turtle that? doves. They a turtle? They're another bird. It's just a type of dove, a turtle dove. I thought dove. it was a turtle. <laughs> yes. Well, when I was- I love a turtle, but- You want a turtle for Christmas, but you don't want two turtle doves. Just more birds for you to yeah, throw no. out in the backyard and play a little bit of skeet with. No, exactly. No. 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 All right, so we're 0 for 2 yeah. on, on the 12 gifts of Christmas. But on the third day of Christmas, my true love sent to me three French hens. They really loved their birds. Trust me, these are all not birds, but three French hens. I like the French thing. Okay. <laughs> I like the French part. Do, so. do these birds survive the, the fate of the previous two because they are French hens? <laughs> uh No. Nope. No. You're going to take a pass on the yeah. French hens. Yeah, exactly. All I right. Think, yeah. 12 days of Christmas are 0 for 3 so far with Nathan Legare. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me four calling birds. We're still on the bird thing, and now these ones make noise. They are not any specific breed of bird. They are just four calling birds. Do you need, like, a new alarm clock or yeah, anything? Yeah, maybe. Like I think it's it's good to have another alarm clock because uh, sometimes uh, you don't want to get late for meetings. Uh, it's pretty expensive if you get late for meetings. So I think that'll be a good uh, – yeah, I think I'll get it. Yeah, You uh, can I'll find some use for four calling birds because yeah, last thing you want, that. the alarm, like, the power goes out or something, or if you get to charge yeah, your phone, exactly. four calling birds are going to save you. Yeah, I No think, fines. I think that I might give a couple, uh, couple to other guys because – there's spread them around. Guys. You yeah, can do exactly. a little bit of re-gifting with the yeah. four calling re -gifting, birds. Re-gifting because a couple of guys being late lately, so <laughs> things is going to be a – I'll give that to uh, guys that have been uh, late lately, yeah. And you So a little bit of re-gifting action. Keep the receipts on the four calling birds, but that is the first one that you say, yes, I will accept this gift, the yeah. four calling birds. On the fifth day of Christmas, here's where we start to shake it up here. We're no longer in the avian gifts. Five golden rings. You mean rings like yeah, like five a little bit of a little bit of jewelry, a little bit of bling. Five golden rings. Will you accept 
five golden rings. I'm not a big jewelry guy. Like, You're not? No, and I also got the Ua ring. So, uh, the what? The Ua ring. What the, is that? It, it takes like your sleep, your... Uh, oh, so it's like one of those things like tracks. Okay. Yeah, it tracks everything. So I won't be able to put my Ua ring. So no, it's not... No. Uh, five golden rings. No, not good for me. No guy. Well, from, wait, well, is it real gold? Uh, I am assuming that this is real gold. So I'll probably take it and sell it back. That's arguably unethical, but you know what? You've already passed on three other gifts. Yeah. So we're going to say you will accept the five golden rings. And maybe give it my girlfriend or ah, my once mom, again, my More sisters. regifting, maybe yeah, exactly. head to the pawn shop. I'm a generous guy, you know? So. <laughs> there you go. Generous guy. I will take your gift and give it to somebody exactly. else. On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me, six geese a-laying. We're back to birds. Geese, and they are... Preggers and they're popping out geese eggs. They are six geese a laying. One, two, three, four, five, six geese. What type of bird is that? We cannot like a goose, her. like a Canadian goose. What's the? Oh, like uh. Yeah, this guy. Oh, okay. What do you, what do you call these? What is this in French? In what? Oh, okay. But uh. Out of all the things I thought would get lost in translation, goose was not one of them. Learned something today. Yeah. But no, uh, no, I'm not taking that. Like, you are not taking those no. egg-laden geese. No, I'm hunting that. So. You are hunting them, yeah, and then so. you will take those eggs for yourself. Yeah. All right, so I think that was the right choice because geese are mean, too. Yeah, I'm picky with, with birds. You, know? you, you are. You took the alarm clock birds, but everyone yeah, exactly. else is being sent out to pasture. Oh, my goodness. There's so many birds. Seven swans are swimming. Do you want the swans or not the swans? I'm, I'm over these birds. I'm so over these yeah, birds. Yeah, I'm not thinking... I'm not taking any birds anymore. So many. Only the wake-up one. Stop giving me these birds <laughs> for Christmas. Nobody wants them. On the eighth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me eight maids a-milking. What's a-milking? A-milking would be the act of milking something. So like a, a maid, a woman, or any farmhand that would be milking cows or goats or yeah, I I see I see I see your face. This is a gift that you could be given this Christmas. Eight different maids of milking. <laughs> would you like these eight maids of milking? I would like it, but I didn't. I don't want to take it. <laughs> you're you're gonna have to thanks, but no thanks no, on exactly, the maids of milking. Yeah. Oh, see, here's the thing. So many, so many of these gifts, I feel like if you actually gave them to somebody, and here's the thing too with the 12 days of Christmas, on each day you are sent that many uh, amount of that day's gifts and all of the previous day's gifts too. So at this point in the song, on the eighth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me eight maids of milking, but also seven swans of swimming, six geese a laying, five golden rings, four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. You're getting all that. That's too much. You, it's way too much. You are going to go to prison <laughs> if you are following somebody, even if it is a family member or whoever you are trying to give this to, they are going to give you a cease and desist and get a restraining order. Get away from me. I don't want all of these birds no, over and over again. It's crazy. You could create like a, a zoo or something like Th that. It is. The only person that will accept these gifts are zookeepers or someone who works at an aviary. And then you start giving them eight maids of milking. And it's like, well, what good are these to me? I can't even put these in my zoo. I'll become the bird king. The not bird the king. king. The not bird the tiger king. king. Yeah, the tiger king. <laughs> I'll be the bird king. What would, what would be Joe Exotic's name if he was a bird guy? 
It'd be like Bob Beekman. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me nine ladies dancing. Nathan, you rejected the eight maids of milking, but nine ladies dancing. Not sure my girlfriend's going to be happy about ah, that. Good point. You are in a relationship, so that might mean the nine ladies dancing I might, get the return policy. Yeah, I might give it to my friends. Uh, you know? Once again, you keep re-gifting. Exactly. So is that, or will you accept the gift to just re-gift it to somebody else? Because I think that would be the third of the gifts that you accept. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll accept. For the boys. Yeah, for the boys. Exactly. We have the nine ladies Take a dancing. Shot for the boys. <laughs> On the tenth day of Christmas, my true love sent to me ten lords a leaping. Just ten jumping dudes. Ten lords a leaping. What are they leaping over? I cannot tell you. That's a no for me. Sorry. That's that's a no guy. No, I, I mean, like, no. I'm sure they're very gifted and acrobatic. I, I don't want ten of them for Christmas. Because no. then what do I do with them after that? No, exactly. Good for them, but maybe you just go somewhere else to do that. If I want tickets to Cirque du Soleil, like, I'll buy them. Don't <laughs> worry. Like, I don't need you to give me ten lords a leaping for Cirque Christmas. Cirque du Soleil, maybe? You know that? What? Cirque du Soleil? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's from Montreal, I think. Is it? Uh, I know it is has some sort of French origins. Yeah. That's all yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Have, have you seen Cirque du Soleil? Mm, no, mm. I don't think so. It's impressive, for sure. Yeah, no, no, it is. But I think they just gotta go there, and you're gonna be uh, they're gonna be worth it there. Not not for me. Not for you. So no. ten lords a leaping. Ah, uh-uh. we're almost there. We're almost at the finish line here. On the eleventh day of Christmas, eleven pipers piping. One who plays pipes, and they're piping it up for you. They're making curls? No, not like sick python <laughs> pipes. <laughs> Although that is an interesting interpretation of yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You yeah, just get pipe. like 11 Hulk Hogan's and Randy Savage's just working out with you. No, it is like people who play like flute. Oh, flute. Oh. And they're piping away at it. Well, my good buddy Sam Poulin is going to be the. He's going to tell me that I don't like. Uh, I don't like flute and stuff. So I'm not taking. No, that. Yaz flute. No. No. So sometimes we'll play golf and he put like trumpets or flute or everything. Just what? Cause, yeah. Like sometimes he he put like uh, trumpets mix or flute mix, and uh, it's playing in the in the golf cart. And I'm like, buddy. Like his music, like on the Bluetooth. Yeah, I, I can't focus. <laughs> like you gotta stop that. He's just playing flutes. And every time we play like He's against, a flute man. He, yeah. Every time we play against each other, like he knows that I don't like that, so he try to put that, and he look at me like. I know you're going to miss your shot because of that, but no, it's funny. It's more trumpets, but makes me think about flute. So no pipers. No, no, no. No pipers. Again, no. On the 12th day of Christmas, my true love sent to me 12 drummers drumming. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, that's a yes. You're going to take the yes. Yes. I, now, I'll take the last one. You'll take the 12 drummers drumming. I have two questions for you, and I don't want to steer your opinion. If you want the drummers, take the drummers. One, think of all that noise. That's 12 different drummers, all drumming. Two, what are you going to do with 12 drummers drumming? Well, my uncle is uh, hes pretty good at drumming. So okay. First of all, I'll give, I'll give him everything, and he's going to do it, and he's going to be pretty happy about it. So. Okay. But for the noise, I think maybe during a workout, it's kind of good to, you know, it's going to 
or before a game is gonna Ooh. pump me up and Do you think you could get like your own like personalized entrance? Yeah, maybe. Like if you're in like the the, the starting five or whatever, like you just have the drummers come out of the yeah. runway first, or then the, the smoke r- machine starts going and you skate out. Or in the room, like everybody's dressing up and guys are just buzzing with the drummers. I think that'll be a, a little like stomp the yard that'll action. Be interesting. Okay, but, so yeah. you're taking the twelve drummers drumming. Yeah. I think uh I was pretty picky for the other ones you're wrong. welcome to be picky because yeah. I will say all 12 of these gifts are absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that's great. And I'm not going to do the math because every time you add more and more gifts, like you are getting more than 12 gifts. Yeah. You're getting close to like 100 different birds. I don't know who's giving those gifts, but he's a very psychopath. Generous. Yeah. Uh, way so, too, someone way who too generous. belongs in a white padded room because <laughs> these are not the kind of gifts anyone should be giving or receiving this holiday season, but you accepted 12 drummers drumming, you took the four calling birds, yeah. on second thought, you did take the five gold rings, because you said, oh, I can give them out to my girlfriend, my mom, some people who appreciate jewelry. Were there any other ones? Nine ladies dancing, you said, for the boys. You know what? I'm thinking about it, then. Imagine 12 drummers uh-huh. playing with uh, four birds calling, so that's going to create a band. And Whoa, the, wait a minute. The dancing girls dancing right beside... So so now you have background dancers to the drummers and the calling birds. So you see, that's a good band. You inadvertently just made the new music sensation of the holiday season. Move over, Pentatonix. Voila, just like that. We have Joe Exotic and the calling <laughs> birds. Simple as that, you see? Look I at could that. be a manager. You, you, know? you could be a manager. Be you nice. are a manager now. And yeah. here's the thing. You spent zero dollars on no, putting exactly. this band together. There was no upfront investment. They were all gifted to you. And they're going to give me some money, I guess. Like, people's going to come see that, and they're going to pay for that show, so. I would go pay to see that. I'll go pay to see that before I pay to see Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, of course. I'll go see the 12 drummers, the four calling birds, <laughs> and the nine ladies dancing. And I might I might give, like, the gold ring for in the crowd, you know? Well, you only got five of them. You'll run out of those pretty quickly. One, one per show. One per show. One per show. We got five shows. Very special. Like every time it's like, hey, this is the ring. Everyone fight over it. Just throwing chum into the water. (laughs) That would be nice. That would be nice. I like like where your head's at. That is a creative approach to the gifts that you receive this Christmas. Do you have anything on your Christmas wish list this year, Nathan? That is not a bird? I think just, uh, it's going to sound cliche, but just that my family is going to be healthy. Uh, Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. It's a... now that I'm getting older, I think yeah, I can buy myself a couple of things. You know, I don't, I don't need gifts anymore. I just, uh, but yeah, just, uh, just to see my family, everybody's healthy, and uh, just a big, huge dinner. I think is gonna be the nicest gift that I can ask for. What a nice young man. Yeah. What a what a sweet boy this Nathan Legare is. I was I was curious to know if you'd be adding anything to the wardrobe this holiday season if we were going to come back second half of the season and you got some more uh, suits for us here because you've been looking pretty sharp this season, my friend. You're continuing a long and storied tradition here in Wilkes-Barre-Scranton of the uh, Quebec guys having a sharp suit game. Yeah, actually, I give uh, I buy myself a new suit, so it's kind of my Christmas gift. To uh, myself. To myself, yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be perfect. I think it's Christmas game on Friday. Uh, the Laval game? No, no, no. Uh, at home against Hershey. At home. So we play Hershey Tuesday, the 27th. No, but I mean the and next And then we game. play Friday against Providence. Yes. No, oh, next, wait. Are you saying game. this game? Yeah, like, this week. What am I talking about, dude? <laughs> it's been a long week already. Yes, we play Hershey on Friday, and then the Teddy Bear Toss game is Saturday. Oh, that's Saturday? Yes. So I might get a 
I got a pretty nice suit for uh, like a, a f- like green one. So yeah, it's kind of like more a Christmas one. So I'll look. Uh, I'll look what I do. But uh, I have a good surprise on uh, on the twenty third for the the last game before Christmas. So if you wanna, we'll we'll keep an eye out yeah, for sure. Keep an eye on that. Stay posted on the Penguin the, social the media pages. The gonna be something else. Something else. Yeah. You're you're like grinning ear to ear right now. You're like yeah. a kid on Christmas. You're like, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's gonna be a last game before Christmas, almost Christmas. Uh, yeah, I can't tell you what it's gonna be, but uh, I think you're gonna be uh, pretty impressed about the suit. Yeah. All right, I'll take that under advisement. I look forward to it very much, uh, Nathan. We have really, really appreciated you taking the time to talk to us here. But there's one last thing that we have to do before we wrap up. This episode of the Penguins Podcast, and that is a little something we call Penn's Picks. Penn's Picks. Nathan, it is at this time in every episode that I ask my guest for a recommendation that you can give the fans or some sort of shout out something or someone that deserves to be shouted out that our listeners should know about. Something that makes you feel good. Something that makes you feel great. What is your Penn's Pick? Penn's Pick? Like a restaurant or something Anything, like that? yeah. Yeah, I'm a big coffee guy, so I'll probably say uh, there's a nice coffee shop, uh, a coffee house actually, GNL. Where's this at? It's uh, close to the casino, like uh, up to Laughlin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's like a small like house and uh, GNL coffee house, and it's pretty much the best coffee that I wow that I had in Wolks. Yeah, so, it gets uh, the seal of approval. Yeah, exactly. Like. Especially on the road, I try to, I try to found some coffee shop or stuff like that. Me and uh, Wallet, we try to we're roommates, so after every nap, we try to go get a coffee and uh, I try to found some some good coffee place. Find something special, not a not a Starbucks, not no, a chain exactly. or something. Yeah, find, something find a good different. Spot. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I found that place in Wilkes, and actually, it's it's pretty good. So GNL Coffee House. There we go. Yeah. The Nathan Legare stamp of approval. What is the um how do you take your coffee? What's what's your go to order? It's, uh it's uh it's a hot vanilla latte. Ooh. Yeah. I try to go sweet a little bit. It's kinda it's kinda different because I try to go for that like on the road, but mm-hmm. then uh, first thing I do when I come to the ring, I'm taking a black coffee. So it's completely the opposite. Completely the opposite. It's like game day, like focus, just black coffee. Yeah. Yeah, right into the vein, so it's good. Yeah, li- listeners know that I'm not a coffee guy. I'm more of a, a hot tea guy with a little bit of honey. But every so often, I've been called a functional coffee drinker by other people in the office that were like, I really need a pick-me-up or I'm really dragging. I'll get just like a half cup of straight black coffee. That's good. I do it just like, hey, I need a lift. That's what I'm going with, just yeah. a straight black coffee. No, I think it's good. And especially sometimes you take too much cream and it's kind of – it's hard on your stomach. Yeah, no, that's exactly what you don't perfect want. perfect before a game. You just go for a black coffee with a uh, little to- like toast and uh, a little bit of uh, peanut butter and it should be fine. And then you're buzzing. Yeah. And then you're buzzing. Uh, my pen's pick, considering that this is surprisingly in the winter World Cup season, pen's pick to... Leno Messi, baby. Oh, yeah. I am a huge, a I am a huge Argentina soccer fan. Me and my sister, arbitrarily, apropos of nothing, picked Argentina as our team, who knows, maybe 16, 18 years ago. Like, yep, that's our squad. Let's roll. 
I don't. Uh, as our time of recording, Nathan, we still got about thirty minutes, forty minutes until the Morocco France game. Yeah. I don't care who wins. Bring it on, France. Bring it on, Morocco. Messi's lifting the cup this year. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good pick. I watched the game yesterday, and he was incredible. But he's always. I incredible. think France, especially no, no, because no, I'm a French no, guy. Nope. No. I still got like. Uh, nope. I don't know how to say it in ancestor. Yeah, like yeah, ancestors. Ancestors. Yeah. Our ancestors are French, so we get a little. Uh, we we try to like, support them a little bit. Yeah, here exactly. Especially after Canada or how. So yeah, they had a good showing. Yeah, they should have beat they, Belgium. They should have crushed Belgium, but yeah. it's all right. I think, but I don't know. I think yeah. I wish for. Did he ever won the World Cup? He has never won a World Cup. Yeah, he su- years ago said he wasn't even going to play in another World Cup, but he came back this year, yeah. and Argentina's in the final. Let's go. Yeah, that's... Let the greats be great. I know there's a couple of bets in the room about it, like uh, who's going to win or... But yeah, I can't wait to, I can't wait to see what he's going to do. And obviously, he's going to do his magic again, and it's going to be fun to watch. And it's on Sunday, right? It's on Sunday the 18th, so we will be on the bus on yep. the way to Toronto for that uh, Canadian road trip before the holiday break. I'm sure everyone's going to have it on their phone, their tablet, their laptop screen. It's going to be nice to watch because we got a long way to go. and It's, it's a good it, way to pass the time. Yeah, it's going to be a, maybe a little uh, less long. and It's going to be nice. I think guys going to cheer in the bus. So yeah. It should be, a, should be a, a fun time. should be a fun ride. And hopefully you have been able to pass the time, having a good time here with Nathan LeCarrey on the Penguins podcast. Got to give my apologies to Matt Barry. We were unable to get to him here on this episode of the Penguins podcast. We ran out of time, but that's because Nathan has been such a great guest. Nathan, thank you. It's been a blast for you coming on here to the podcast. I know a lot of people have been looking forward to, to your episode. Hope they enjoyed it. Thank you again. Uh, why don't you say goodbye to our good listeners out there? Thanks for listening, and uh, I hope you, uh, you guys have a good uh, holidays. Well, I will echo his sentiments right there. Have a happy, happy holiday and a lovely new year, everybody. We're not going to put out another episode until after the holiday break, but until then, be safe, everybody. Thank you for listening. The Woodsbury Scrambled Penguins podcast is recorded live in front of no studio audience.